Okay, we're going to begin. This is a story called A Visa's Trip to France. It's from uh, It's a Rum Life. Uh, I am um, book four, Northcote, nineteen eighty four to two thousand and nine. This must have been in about nineteen ninety, as Ruth was by now working as a district nurse. The Ford Granada car had gone, donated to daughter Helen, and Ruth was now driving a very economical Citroen car once again, this time a second-hand Visa, with four doors and a small 1,000cc petrol engine. The first problem. I forget the circumstances that decided we should depart by Dover. It could well have been the trip straight after our first ever visit to Frenet-sur-Sarthe. This was our annual holiday, taken at a time when visitors would not be coming to see the horses and Ruth could get time from her work, so more than likely around the month of May. I'd given the car a once-over before leaving and as it was in daily use could find nothing that needed attention. However, once we had left the A1 southbound and joined the infernal A14 towards Cambridge, the exhaust began to make a loud noise. Just before arriving at the M11 junction, a large piece broke away and began to drag along the road behind. Cambridge seemed the obvious place to seek aid and we duly turned off. An exhaust and tyre centre was easy to find and within an hour... We were on our way again, a few pounds lighter, wealth-wise. On finally arriving at Dover, we were told that our ferry had gone. But if we did not mind where we went, there, there was another one leaving for Boulogne very soon. Uh, we had no particular plans for this break, so off we went in a slightly different direction. It was late when we did get to France, so decided it prudent to seek a modern-type hotel that would be open all night. An Ibis at Senlo uh, fitted the bill, and we crashed gratefully into a modern, well-equipped room for a good night's rest. The next day found us heading vaguely for the Loire Valley and travelling through pleasant Picardy countryside. A signpost showing directions to Leomere sounded familiar and I pointed it out to Ruth. But that's where I first came to stay with a family here in France, she said excitedly. Let's go there. Arriving in the town square just a little after midday, everything was asleep or eating before going to sleep. But we did eventually find the location of the little shop once owned by the Bamier family. We toured around a little more and found ourselves in a very select residential area. A chap was walking down the road and we asked him where the Bamier family live now. He must, thought, he must have thought we were very strange because he said, but you're outside their very house now. We turned into the large drive of an elegant 1920s style townhouse and Ruth knocked on the door. Before she could get a word out, it was Madame Bamier who said quite positively, It's Ruth! It was in fact 27 years since Ruth had stayed with the family and their daughter Nicole. 
Nicole subsequently spent some time with Ruth's family in England. Such is the nature of French hospitality. They had a party in our honour and we stayed the night. Before all this, I must explain that the Bamier family used to have the village store and were also distillers. They turned their homemade cider into potent pomo or calvados, and by now it was their son who was the principal, and we had to visit his beautifully thatched barn of a home, with central hall and galleried landings to bedrooms and various other facilities. It was obvious that the distilling business had been kind to the family fortunes. At the coal merchant. We went to visit Nicole, now married and living in a neighbouring village. Her husband was the coal merchant and their yard was the tidiest and cleanest I have ever seen. By now it was almost the end of the day and we were invited to join Nicole and her husband with all their workforce for a glass of something before departing for home. Knowing we came from England, the questions flew thick and fast. How many TV channels do you have? What do you think of having a lady president? They meant Prime Minister. Um, but we said that we thought that Mrs Margaret Thatcher sometimes thought she was our president. What do you think of the Channel Tun Tunnel? Which was under construction at the time. A note of interest is that in the Picardy area, they're not far from France's concentration of coal fields and coal mines. In most of France, coal is not available at all. And because wood is plentiful and the main source of heating in most homes. Back at the Bamier family home, the evening developed into a haze of talking, eating and drinking. The family dog was provided with a Louis XIV chaise longue propped against a convenient radiator and we slept in a largely proportioned room with elegant furnishings. After a superb breakfast with Madame, the men having long since departed for work, we said our farewells and continued on our journey southwest. We never did get back to that region and another 23 years or so have since passed at the time of writing this story. The second breakdown. It was in Saumur itself where we had our second incident. Isn't life strange? We lived close to this lovely town now permanently but in 1990 had no idea what life had in store for us. We had found a nice modest hotel to stay in at Gênes, just west of Saumur and close to the River Loire. The rooms were sumptuous and the food even more so. They even had a sommelier who explained all about the local wines with great patience. He told us where to go and taste a good selection and we duly visited La Domaine de la Croix, located above the town and from what we now know close to the local hospital which had not been built in 1990. It was on our way down into the town that the gear stick of the little visa came unstuck, quite literally. One minute I was changing gear, fortunately selecting a lower ratio to descend the goat road, and the next minute it just flopped about in my hand, totally unconnected. We found the local Citroen dealer, but it was five minutes to midday. We were told to come back at two o'clock. 
in stalwart fashion and second gear, we moved off to find a parking place outside the beautiful town hall and walked into the town for a snack and coffee at one of the many street-side bars and restaurants in Place Saint-Pierre. Two o'clock on the dot found us back at the garage and the little car was promptly whisked away for attention. Ruth and I looked at the list of tariffs posted on the wall and quaked at the thought of hundreds of francs being spent on some dreadful car problem. It was then we were called into the garage to have a look at our little car suspended high above. Look under there, the mechanic told us. Your gear gear lever has just come unbolted. I'll have it fixed in a jiffy. And by the way, your pedals are wobbly and could do with tightening up too. I'll do it at the same time. Lovely, we thought. But how much will it all cost? The car was back within ten minutes. All fixed. In trepidation, we asked the receptionist how much. I think the bill came to 20 francs, about £2 at the time. It could have been £2.50. Once again, we had come to appreciate just how kind and generous French people can be. The rest of the holiday was uneventful by comparison, but on returning home, we found that my mother, who had been house and dog and cat sitting, had caused mayhem with the volunteers we had left, working with the horses which would take ages to sort out. Mother left in a huff. Notes on Saumur. The 1990 visit had not been the first visit to Saumur. We had been back many times, and we've been back many times since. In 2003, quite by accident and most unexpectedly, we managed to buy our little retirement home, 12 miles or so out of the town. At Gênes, that lovely hotel with its elegant sweeping staircase to the lovely bedrooms, it's all been closed and shuttered for many years. It was probably from that first wine-buying experience and subsequently meeting our good friend Thierry Bessard, who lives close to Langeais, that we did return to the Loire region to buy our annual wine stocks every year from then onwards. There we are, that's the end of that little story. Brought to you by Cracker Books, written and read by Keith Sanders. Uh, you can read more stories on Keith Sanders is the storyman.wordpress.com. There are lots more audio stories to listen to on this Buzzsprout site. They're all quite free. There are dozens of videos to watch on Keith Sanders, the short story man, on YouTube. And there is a shop. Now, all the stories you listen to or read are compiled into books, which you can buy. They're not expensive. They're downloadable on the internet. Have a look at the site, richardkeithsanders.sells, S-E-L-Z dot com. Thank you for listening.